Hello! Welcome to Stories for Wonderful Children, the podcast where I share the recordings of the bedtime stories I've improvised for my children over the years. I'm Dan Wendelin, your host and storyteller. For almost 20 years, I made up a new story for my children every night at bedtime. Many of those stories were recorded, and now I'd like to share the very best of those with you. I hope you enjoy these stories for wonderful children. was the tenth year of the rule of Queen Ea the Good. That's what some of the people in her kingdom called her. Now others like to call her Queen Ea the Wise. And sometimes, when the people in her country were especially bored and had nothing else to talk about, they would argue at dinner over whether she should be more properly called Queen E of the Good or Queen E of the Wise. It was, of course, a very silly argument, since Ea was both a good ruler and a wise ruler. But sometimes people are silly. Speaking of silly, it was in the tenth year of Queen Ea's reign that a jester came to her court. A jester is someone who makes their living by entertaining kings and queens. They are part clown, part comedian, part joke teller, part storyteller, and sometimes part advisor. They are frequently silly, and yet because they can be silly, sometimes they speak truths that no one else does. Yeah on the day that the jester came to her court, had just finished up doing her judging of cases for the kingdom. It had been a short day. She had ruled well, and her people had come to understand the laws better and better herself themselves, which left her with less to do. She was wondering what she should do with her afternoon when Shan arrived. Shan, she said, what brings you here? You don't usually like to watch judging, and I was just finishing up anyway. He said, well, I have a rather special introduction to make. And he opened the door, and behind him stepped in a man who was about a foot shorter than Shan. He was a round little man, very, but not fat. It was all muscle. And he moved like a gymnast, like at any moment he could tumble into a somersault or a cartwheel, which he did, actually, as he walked through the door, a somersault and then springing up, moving immediately into a cartwheel. He wore the most curious outfit. It was black on the chest, and it was bright yellow in the sleeve and in the legs, and he wore a, a hat. On his head, it was sort of a leather skull cap, and it was also black, but with a yellow, bright yellow top. After his little performance, he bowed to Queen Ea, and Shan said, My lovely wife, may I present to you Poniface, jester extraordinaire. Ea smiled. She said, It is a pleasure to make your acquaintance, Poniface. 
might I assume that you are here looking for work? And Potiphar says, no, but I do believe work is looking for me. I was just walking through your kingdom, and all of a sudden I felt a call, a call to come to your castle and be your jester. Shan tells me that you have ruled for ten years, and yet there has been no jester in your court. How could this be? And Ias Mahachi said, I don't know how I could have overlooked it. Indeed, said Poniphus, it will appear that the people who are arguing that you should be called Queen Ia the Good will have an argument to win over the, the people who think you are Queen Ia the Wise, since I simply cannot imagine a wise ruler without a jester to advise him or her. Ia arched an eyebrow and said, Indeed. Well, then tell me, jester, what shall I do with the rest of my afternoon, since judging has ended early? Poniphus said, well, you could watch me juggle. And with that, he picked up three chairs that were sitting around a nearby table and began to juggle them, which was no small accomplishment, as they were relatively heavy chairs. But he quickly put those down, picked up three short swords off the wall, and began to juggle those. Io was very impressed. The flashing blades were quite the sight, although she kept being afraid that Poniphus would miss. He never did, and he returned the swords, short swords gracefully to the wall. She said, well, watching you juggle is very entertaining, but I would rather do something. Poniphus said, hmm. He said, have you tried watering the flagstones in the castle to see if anything will grow? No, said he, I must admit I haven't. He said, hmm, have you tried stomping on the roses in the royal garden to see what sort of noise they make? Well, no, I can't say I've ever done that either, said Ia. Hmm, said Poniphus, frowning slightly. Well then, he said, have you ever painted a big smiley face on the underside of the drawbridge so that people see it when it goes up? No, I can't say I've done that one either, said Ia. Oh. Too bad, said Poniphus. I already did it today when I got here, so you've missed your chance. Really, said Ia. <laughs> I can see having you around is going to make things interesting. Oh, I'm always interested when I'm around, said Poniphus. He said, so, I think that really the first thing you should do is tell me where I'm going to sleep. So you've decided to stay, have you, said Ia. Well, yes, I think I will, said Poniphus. It seems like an interesting, although dreary sort of castle. But Shan showed Poniphus out of the room with a wink to Ia. Ia, after Poniphus was gone, decided that what she was really going to do with her afternoon, since she had quite some time, was ride down and, t and pay a visit to... So, what is I was done was repainting the drawbridge, the underside of the drawbridge. Where does Dak live? Dak lives in his house on the edge of the ocean. It's half sea in the water reach. and half out of the water. Sea, sea, reach, sea reach with a curry. Oh, I forgot. So that's what she did. She ordered her horse saddled. And she told Shan that she was leaving in case he wanted to come. But he was busy. He actually had known Boniface before. And they were catching up, telling each other outlandish stories, most of which were entirely made up. Entirely made up? Yep. Like what? I suppose that 
Boniface probably told Shan about the time that he was riding along the edge of a swamp and he had dropped his favorite hat and an alligator had jumped out of the swamp and eaten it so Boniface had immediately leapt off his horse onto the alligator's back, wrestled it out of the water, and then had held its jaws shut long enough to reach into his bag and take out a metal stick. And then he had opened the alligator's mouth and stuck it in its jaws so it couldn't close its mouth. And he had reached down inside the alligator to his shoulder, had gotten his hat out of its stomach, pulled it out, and gone on his way. <coughs> and Shan had returned the favor with the story about the time that a tornado had been heading towards the castle. And so Shan had gone out, and using his weather magic, he had arm-wrestled the tornado, and he had won. And so then the tornado had left in embarrassment at losing an arm-wrestling match to a human, which is doubly embarrassing considering that it didn't even have arms. <laughs> so while they were entertaining each other with outrageous lies, Ea rode down to see Dak and Curry. When she got to their house, Curry answered the door. She was out of the water, so she had legs. And she said, Ia, it's so good to see you. Why don't you come in? Ia came in and asked if Dak were around. And she said that no, not today. Dak was actually out seeing Captain Goldring off on a mission to find a pirate ship that had been troubling the kingdom's waters. And Dak was scouting ahead but that he had promised to only go with Captain Goldring for a day, and she expected him back that night. Won't you stay, Eo? She said. Eo said, no, I have to get back to the castle. She said, uh, Shan's there, and we have a new jester named Poniface. Really, a jester... You should tell about the big smile face on the internet. Yeah, a jester said, Curry, is he interesting? Well, he's painted a big smiley face on the bottom of my drawbridge, said Eo. Curry laughed. She said, it sounds like I'd like him. Maybe when Dak gets back, we'll ride out to the castle tomorrow so we can meet him. All right, said Ia. And then Curry made tea for both of them, and they drank it. And they sat and looked at the waves roll in and chatted a little bit about this and that. And then Ia rode back. When she got back to the castle, she, the first thing that she noticed as she rode up was that the castle seemed to have changed color while she was gone. <coughs> The walls were now entirely green, and she she was a little surprised, but it was not an unpleasant shade of green. She walked in and asked what had happened, and Poniface said, Well, Your Majesty, it's my new plan to defend the castle. We've disguised it as grass, so no one can see it. <laughs> I see, said Ia. Perhaps once you're done with that, you could disguise, disguise it as stone walls again. <laughs> and Boniface said, all right, we will. And then Ia was very tired from her log ride back from Dak's house. And she told Shan and Boniface that Dak and Curry might visit them because they wanted to meet Boniface. And so then she went up to bed and she slept soundly. Thanks for listening to Stories for Wonderful Children. I created today's story, but heckling and clever commentary were supplied by my children. 
The theme music was created by Brandon Thompson, and the logo was designed by Silas Wendelin. If you know someone who might enjoy the stories, please tell them about the show. Our website is storiesforwonderfulchildren.com, and preview snippets are posted to most social media. I'm Dan Wendelin, reminding you to tell someone you love a story. Thank you.